Live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show. So much hype, so much anticipation, so much energy. The vibe was incredible last night. All about the Jets v. Bills. So we get into it, and what happens? I mean, that, that really did not happen, right? There's no way that football game was real, right? We had to all be dreaming or tripping. It's kind of like we all took too much Ambien last night. And instead of going to sleep, we just hallucinated the most absurd and unfathomable series of events that could possibly ever transpire on a football field. Absurd and unfathomable. Even though I've been talking about and worried about this very possibility all summer. We covered multiple injury scares for Aaron Rodgers this offseason, first during minicamp and then during actual camp. And for all the hype and anticipation and excitement around that team, which was clearly warranted. I mean, they showed it last night. All along, I always added the caveat, as long as Aaron stays healthy, as long as he stays healthy. But there was always the most important thing there, that, and always the biggest risk. But four snaps? Four freaking snaps. You cannot be serious. The dude took all of four snaps. All of four snaps before his Achilles snapped. And just like that, it's over? Only moments earlier, Aaron's running around MetLife with the American flag, and the place is louder than a Taylor Swift concert. It feels like it's about to explode. Like, I'm not sure I've ever seen that joint like that. It was like Jet Fan never felt a high so high. I don't even know that the Super Bowl felt like that or looked like that or had that kind of hype. So Jet Fan had never felt so high. And yet a few seconds later, it all came crashing down. Jet Fan felt the highest high and the lowest low, and it happened essentially seconds apart, which I would call par for the course for a Jet Fan, but even Jet Fan will tell you this one was especially devastating. I mean, it is really the most Jets thing ever, right? It's the most Jets thing that has ever happened, and it's the most bittersweet win that I think I've ever seen. Oh, yeah, by the way, the Jets won this game somehow, some way. They lose Aaron four snaps in, and they still somehow beat the Bills on opening night of Monday Night Football. So I guess you might say that it was the worst amazing night ever or the best horrible night ever or, again, just the most Jets night ever. Jet fan finally got to see a legit enormous win on an enormous stage in prime time and can't even enjoy it because, let's face it, as good as the rest of the team looked last night, they're not winning bleep with the Coog Hunter. The rest of the Jets showed us who we thought they were. They were ready for prime time. Playmakers all over the field. An incredible defense. We saw what they were about. And then Zach Wilson showed us what he's about. Zach Wilson is still Zach Wilson. I mean, credit to the Coog Hunter for getting them down the field and into the end zone to tie it up with five minutes left. But way, 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 way more credit to Garrett Wilson for somehow coming up with an instant classic of a catch. Garrett Wilson, wow! What a catch! Touchdown, 
is amazing. There is no way. He amazing. Exactly my thought. Both those things. One, that kid is amazing. And two, there's no way he caught that. That kid is amazing, and there's no way he caught that. One of the best catches you were ever going to see. And not just because it was wild and just like insanely clutch, but because it was basically offense and defense in the very same play. Dude starts off trying to keep the ball away from Trey White and then somehow ends up catching it after a double tip to himself. It's a week one catch of the year candidate, and there's no way the Jets win that game without that play. But even then, they still needed overtime after Buffalo managed to doink in the game-tying field goal at the end of regulation, which was just another devastating kick in the stick to Jet Fan. And at that point, Jet Fan had to think, this brutal night, already one of the worst nights ever, after that doink fell through, because you knew it would against them, they had to know that that was going to be the end of one of the most brutal nights ever, ever, until undrafted rookie Xavier Gibson jogs out there to return the first punt of OT, and he housed it. Sam Martin corrals the snap. It's a short punt. Gibson on the return. Near side. Whoa. I don't see any flags. Gibson inside the 30. Hits the Jets. And he's going to go. Jets win it. Touchdown. Rookie Xavier Gibson. Game over. I mean, absolutely incredible, right? Surreal, right? Not just to walk off that game on that night like that, but for it to be an undrafted rookie who barely made the team. I love everything about that moment. And listen to this dude after the game. It is impossible not to be all about this dude. What was the emotion when you crossed the goal line and everybody tagged along the other corner? Man, I feel like I'm from the past. Yeah, they all got on me. I ain't nothing but a buck feet. Nah, just playing, but uh, it was amazing, man. I feel like I was dreaming. I didn't know what to do. I just took off running. You know what I'm saying? But it was amazing for sure. What a great line. I felt like I was going to pass out because I ain't nothing but a buck 50. I totally get where the guy was coming from. I felt like I was going to pass out, and all I did was sit in my home office and watch that game. Big Quinnen Williams. He ain't nothing but more than a buck 50. He was also impressed with the little dude. So impressed that he was letting the F-bombs fly after the game. Quentin, what kind of emotions you feeling right now, man? Uh, man, I'm just super excited, man. That was an undrafted free agent right there who, who didn't get drafted, who worked an ass off to be who he is. He made the team this year, and you see it, the electrifying speed and the stuff that he just did. It's crazy, bro, and I feel like that's God's plan in his own, bro, because it, it, it's crazy that, that, that he just did that. It is crazy that he just did that. And that wasn't like audio or video that was getting clipped or going in and out. Those were F-bombs. That's why there were gaps in that. Like, so these dudes in this team are so much fun. These dudes in this team are so much fun, which brings us all right back down again. Because as soon as you start to enjoy how that game ended, you immediately remember how that game started. And I hate everything about how that game started. I love everything about how that game ended, but I hate everything about how that game started. I love the entire stadium exploding again after essentially being a morgue for almost the entire night. I love Bob Sala being the first guy in the end zone to celebrate with Gibson. When was the last time you saw a head coach sprint into the end zone and dogpile a guy who just won a game? Only Sala could pull that off. 
Really a tough night, though, for Robert Receipts. I mean, the dude's face in the first half said it all. He looked like he just watched somebody set his dog on fire. It was like we were watching his soul leaving his body in real time, which is why it's so impressive that he kept that team in the fight and somehow managed to turn that disaster of a night into an incredible win. And also, not just him, but Aaron's teammates. They were going to win that game for him. They were not going to let that game get away. They made it clear, we're gonna, we got you. We're going to win that game for you. So an incredible win, but an incredible win that does not erase the epic disaster. There's just no way around it, right? Last night was an epic disaster for the Jets. I'm not saying give up on the season, but I am saying give up on the Lombardi. I can say that. Because as amazing as that win was, losing Aaron Rodgers still made that game a net loss. A gigantic net loss. Because from what we saw last night, the rest of that team may have made them a legit Super Bowl contender. But they're not anymore. Period. They're not. They're not. They can't bring in anybody that will make them so. And they're not with the Coog Hunter. Which is heartbreaking and devastating. Which is why Bob Sala sounded heartbroken and devastated after the game. All right, I'll uh, deal with the quarterback real quick. Um, uh, concerned with his Achilles. Uh, MRI is probably going to confirm what we think is already going to happen. So prayers tonight, but it's not good. How do you process your emotions right now? Obviously a great win for you guys, but the iron injury. Uh, <clears throat> That part sucks. I'm going to enjoy this win. Winning in the NFL is hard, regardless of who the quarterback is. Um, personally, I don't hurt for me. I, I don't hurt for our locker room. I hurt for Aaron and how much he's invested in all of this. Um, you know, so I, I'm still going to say a prayer. I'm still going to hold out hope. Uh, but, uh, you know, my, my, my heart's with Aaron right now and, and nowhere else. Listen, unless you're here to do nothing but hate, unless you're extremely petty, I think on some level this is where we all come out. Even the Aaron haters want to see this dude play on this team. Even people who despise the Jets still got robbed of seeing how this was going to play out. So I don't know whether or not this is the end for Aaron Rodgers. I just know there is no way in hell that that guy wants to go out that way. But the road to Achilles recovery for a 39-year-old is not easy. We know this. And we have no idea what he might look like at age 40 on a repaired Achilles. I want to say, like, I want to say he's going to make it back for sure. But we just don't know that. And then even if he does come back, we don't know what that's going to look like. All I can say is, without having spoken to him, without hearing a word from him, and knowing that guy a little bit, there is no way in hell he wants to go out like that. I always say this on this show. I've said this a million times. Athletes rarely ever get to go out on their own terms. For a fact, there is no way that guy, one of the best ever, wants to go out like that. No chance. So it wouldn't surprise me at all if once he gets over the shock, has a day or two or however long it takes to kind of sit with the why me, what if, that he'll get back to work. I think. I think. Because there's no way he's going to want to go out like that. In the meantime, I will, for one of the only times, allow the take that this is something that sucks because it does suck and it's not anybody's fault. If you're looking to assess blame, to me, it's nobody's fault. It's a freak thing that happened in a sport where freak things often happen. People are trying to blame the offensive line. You know, if I was lazy, I could roll in with that take and say that, well, you, you know, the line, the line was the Jets Achilles heel all along. You know, the line, the line was a real issue. 
I could do that, but it seems kind of lazy and not even fair. Dwayne Brown, who had been out, tried to cut block on the fateful play because the ball was supposed to come out quickly. For whatever reason, the ball did not come out quickly. I'm not saying that Brown made the best block, but I'm saying he gets beat. It's nobody's fault. The Achilles explodes. It's just one of those insane freak things that happens in an insane freak sport. Unfortunately for Jet Fan, that insane freak thing ruined what could have been one of the most amazing nights ever to start one of the most exciting seasons in franchise history. And that's got to be pretty much the most Jets thing that has ever happened, right? Bottom line, like, I've been avoiding the Aaron Rodgers video because now that we know the extent of the injury, I don't need to see this super slow-mo, extreme close-ups of Aaron's calf and whether or not it's pulsating and his Achilles snapping like a guitar string. I don't need that. I do want to give credit to the Jets secondary, especially Jordan Whitehead and his three picks. I'd spend more time on his performance, but I'm afraid it's only going to result in a bunch of zit tweets. You know, like, hey, Rome, I know how Josh Allen feels. I hate Whiteheads, too. Signed, Justin Herbert. Or, hey, Rome, I've always had a problem with the Whitehead. Signed, Joe Burrow's nose. So what do we do? Do we bring out a list of quarterback replacements now? Do we debate each one? Do we hold that off until tomorrow for a topic? Or maybe have you guys give me your own list. Hey, Rome, there's a lot of guys out there. Colt McCoy, Josh Johnson, clone favorite, Nick Foles, Andy Dalton, Blake Bortles, Joe Flacco, Carson Wentz, Phillip Rivers, Matt Ryan. I'm going to make the list simple. I can tell you who I don't want. I can tell you who's not coming. Bacon 46. Let's not do that, all right? Let's not do that retire, unretire thing again, please. Like, the Jets have options, except they're all terrible. But Bacon 46 is not coming out of retirement to play in the same division against the Patriots. You saw him hanging out in the opener with Bob Kraft. He's not doing that. He's not coming out of retirement to play for somebody against them. In fact, he's not coming out of retirement, period. You can all stop with that bullcrap right now. Joe Namath will quarterback the Jets this year before Bacon 46 will. Not happening. Man, what a bum out. That, that, That was the epitome of, you have got to be kidding me. The whole thing, everything about it, except that somehow they dug deep and they won. Again, while I don't want to spend a lot of time watching the video, if for whatever reason you missed it, it sounded like this. There's the snap. Sets and looks. Look out from the side. He's grabbed, spun, and sat down. Brought down on the play by Leonard Floyd. Oh, he came rocketing through. And that's three plays in a row where there's been pressure up front. We knew that was Rogers is down. Rogers is down. Rogers is pointing to his leg and his he got up on his feet and then fell down on his own accord and is now sitting up with his elbows on his knees. Wow, that is unbelievable to go from such excitement and just four minutes in, everybody in this stadium holding their breath 
hoping that it's nothing serious. So Zach Wilson has got it second down and 20 after the big sack by the Bills. He knew. He knew, of course. He knew right away. When he got up and he sat back down, he knew. Unbelievable. Clones, what do you want when you're craving protein or you need more energy? Not bars, not sugary snacks, not energy drinks. You want beef, pure and simple. Where's the beef? It's in a package of Old Trapper Beef Jerky. Old Trapper is not your old man's jerky. Shriveled, dry, tasteless. Old Trapper Beef Jerky is made from lean strips of steak and quality spices that are smoked over a real wood fire. It's tender, it's tasty, it's not tough. And why is it so good? Because Old Trapper is a 50-year-old family business known for its relentless commitment to quality. They take smoked beef extremely seriously and you can taste it in every single bite. Old Trapper is packed with protein. It comes in four amazing flavors to satisfy all your cravings. Quality smoked meat at its finest. It goes with you wherever you go, to the game, to the gym, to the beach. So look for Old Trapper in the Clearview bag. You can see the quality you're buying. Look for it in major retail stores near you. Clones, if you do not see it, ask for it by name because no other jerky compares Old Trapper or What's Your Beef. But what about the Mafia? Mafia, I did not forget about you. The truth is, I just really was not looking forward to addressing you or your team after whatever the hell that was last night. Because it's not good for you, Buffalo. And it's even worse for you, Josh Allen. Because at this point, still an elite player, still a great player, still a great leader. But at this point, that guy should not be having games like that. He should not be making mistakes like that. Granted against a very good defense. And remember, it was DJ Reed who said before the season started that we think that we can be one of the best defenses ever, like the 85 Bears, like the 2013 Legion of Boom. So he went up against a very good defense, but we are talking about a future Hall of Fame quarterback, right? We're talking about an elite player. There's no point in sugarcoating this. Josh was terrible last night. As I said last week with Kadarius Toney and the Chiefs, I never, ever want to make it about one guy, but that game last night was essentially about one guy, Josh Allen. The Bills didn't really lose that game. Josh Allen pretty much lost that game. And it was more than just the turnovers, although the turnovers were crippling. They always are. But he just didn't look comfortable or confident or in control or really decisive. Only decisive in the bad decisions that he was making. And I know that he has not had a ton of success against the Jets, but that doesn't mean that he's got to go out there and play arguably his worst game ever last night. I mean, remember everything we heard the entire offseason. His big offseason priority supposedly was learning how to protect himself, take care of himself. Not only take care of himself, because he's reckless, man. The guy wants to win. We know this. He's got a big body. He's not afraid to use it. He's not afraid to take guys on. But they need him. They need him. You know, get down. Live to, live to fight another play. Protect himself. Protect the rock. And avoid unnecessary contact when out and scrambling. Weren't those the priorities? It didn't seem like it, right? Not based on what we saw last night. Because he was doing all those things all over again. Apparently, he didn't remember. Because it looked a lot more like Josh seeking out unnecessary contact as opposed to avoiding it. Even with his head coach visibly on the broadcast, 
reminding him repeatedly, be smart, be smart. Although I'll say this, Sean McDermott is not without blame either because painful, close, hard to explain, consistent losses have become way too common under their head coach. Ask any Bills fan, hell, to name one, Rick in Buffalo. I called for McDermott's head after the playoff loss against KC, but now I'm demanding for it. And how in the hell does a head coach not grab every single DB by the face mask before that fourth and 18 prayer and scream, knock it down or pack your effing bags? Time for me to throw on the headset, Jim. I'll turn this damn thing around in a friggin' flash. That was not today, but I'm guessing Rick is not feeling any better today about his coach. I'm guessing he's not feeling any better about McDermott now than he was then, and then he sounded like you wanted to fight him. I'll tell you that much. But again, last night was on Josh Allen more than anybody else. Again, three picks. Three picks. A lost fumble and five sacks. Somehow this dude managed to jam a month's worth of games into one hideous night. But you don't have to take it from me. You can just get it from the source himself. He knows he cost his team that game. Yeah, trying to force the ball. Um, <sighs> yeah, same sh- Same place, different day. What do you mean by that? Can you elaborate on what you mean by that? Yeah, I mean, I can't. I, I hurt our team tonight. I cost our team tonight. And it feels really similar to last year, and I hate that it's the same. I do. He's right. Same bleep, different day. Couldn't be more right. It was, quote, eerily similar. We have seen this movie before, and he did cost his team last night, just like he did last year. Same bleep, same place, different day. See, that's what's so concerning. That's what's so confusing. Why is that still happening? I mean, yes, he's saying the right things. He clearly knows he should not be launching arm punts down the field for no apparent reason and charging into heavy contact for no apparent reason and fumbling snaps for no apparent reason. But for some reason, he still can't stop doing those things. It's almost like he can't help himself no matter how much they talk about it. Elite player, great leader. But why is that guy still making those same mistakes? Yeah, of course the Jets had something to do with it. But we're talking about an elite quarterback. A guy who's supposed to lead them to a Super Bowl championship right now. So yes, he led them up the field on a two-minute drive to tie the game. He did send it into overtime. But the only reason why he had to drive it up the field to tie that game is because he did fumble that snap. And then he picked it up, and then he fumbled it again with just under five minutes left. Allen lost the snap. Ball comes out, and it's recovered by the Jets. The call is fumble. Jets ball. I mean, that was the moment that MetLife really came back to life. That was the moment where it suddenly started to look like the Jets might be able to win that game. That was also maybe the biggest WTF Josh moment in a night full of them. He just took his eye off the snap and dropped it and then made it way worse by charging forward into the line and fumbling again. Like, I don't really understand what he was thinking right there. But then again, I don't really understand what he was thinking for most of the night. And yet, you can say it happens. It's only one game. It's just one night. 
But I'm going to say, I'm going to suggest that it can't happen to that guy. Not at this juncture of his career. He shouldn't be turning it over four times and taking five sacks. Like, here's the thing, Mafia. The team is still really good. The quarterback is still immensely talented. He's still a star. He's saying the right things. It looked like he was back on the same page with Stephon Diggs. That's big. That's a relief right there. So my point is, my point is, he was horrible. He cost you that game. He should not be making these same mistakes at this juncture of his career. But at the same time, it's no reason to panic. Now, I'm not going to sit here and blow smoke and say everything is fine and act like last night was not completely embarrassing for you and even more embarrassing for Josh because it was. It was embarrassing. I know you, Ma- I know you Mafia. I know you know that. I know you're waking up more than a little pissed this morning. Not only did you lose that game, can I remind you, you lost to the freaking Coog Hunter. They're going to start calling Coog Hunter, Bills Hunter, pretty soon. Because you didn't just lose to the Coog Hunter. You lost for the second time in a row to the Coog Hunter. And Josh Allen didn't just come up short in overtime. He came up short for the fifth time in a row in an OT game. He's never won an OT game. Weird stat. That's not great. In fact, there were no great takeaways for Buffalo from last night. So you know me. I would never lie or BS you, Mafia. I love you, but I would never lie or BS you. This is why I've got to give it to you straight. Josh was terrible last night. He did cost him that game. But there is plenty of time for him to get right. But he's got to get right. Four turnovers and running around like he's trying to get his head taken off is not going to lead to anything good. And it most definitely is not going to lead to that Lombardi that Rick and Buffalo and the rest of you mafia are so desperate for. There should never be a scenario where Zach Wilson gets over on Josh Allen. Josh Allen. Yet it's happened twice in a row. That should never happen once. I don't care if the Jets do have the 85 Bears defense or if they've got the greatest show on turf for an offense. It should happen zero times out of 100. It should happen zero times out of 1 million. A million. And if you're telling me that Zach has beaten Josh twice, like, I don't know what's more embarrassing. I'm thinking. I'm stretching. I'm reaching. What is more embarrassing than Zach Wilson beating Josh Allen twice? I don't know. I don't know. That stat? Or Josh's taste in upscale, authentic Mexican cuisine. Have you been Javier's? Oh, yeah. I've so been you a know. few times. All right, yeah. so really quickly, so they know, because all I do is talk about Javier. My guy Javier, it, does this live up to the hype? Is that not the best place? It, it, I don't know Wait. about the best place, but it's up there. Uh-huh. Have you tried south of Nick's? I have not. Okay, that's it's. There's one in Laguna, and then there's one in San Clemente. Oh yeah, no, okay, yes, okay. yes, I have. In Laguna, I, I have. I, I love Javier's, but I think I might take take South the Knicks over it. I might be crazy. R- though. Respectfully, dude, you'd be wrong, but you get you you are entitled to your choice, no matter how wrong it is, dude. But I appreciate it. I'll let you win this one. That'd be like me saying I let you win last night, Josh. But you didn't. The Coog Hunt got over again. Coog Hunter. And by the way, the restaurant that he referenced. I have now been to twice. I've been to Javier's, I think, 108 times. But I've been to Nick's twice. 
Nick's is aight. It's aight. It's not Javier's. Dude, it's not Javier's at all. Nobody thinks that but Josh. And I have a lot of respect for Josh. He's just wrong about that. If you want to say that I'm wrong about everything I just said in my analysis of him and the Bills, fine. I'll live with that. But I can tell you straight up, he is dead wrong about his analysis of Javier's versus Nick's. Meantime, don't look now, but the Miami Dolphins, not the Buffalo Bills, are favored to win the East. I said last hour, look out for Miami. Look out for the Finns. You had that Patriots fan saying, hey, Jets fan, stop crying. It's a good day. It's a great day. The AFC East is wide open. I'd argue it's not for you, half fam. It's not for you, Patriot fan. But Miami, Miami very well now may be the team to beat in that division. Based on what I saw last night. Because Aaron Rodgers went down and Josh Allen lost to the Coog Hunter. And Miami lit it the hell up against the Chargers. You know what I wonder? Like Rick in Buffalo, I've not heard from him yet today, but it's very clear to me what he thinks of Sean McDermott. I wonder, though, I wonder what Rick thinks of Ken Dorsey. Now you'll have to forgive me for my raspy voice, Jim. I spent all day at the stadium yesterday yelling at people, most notably Bill's offensive coordinator, Ken Dorsey. This idiot calls plays like he's hammered playing Super Techno Bowl at 3 in the morning. Okay, Josh, drop back, heave it as far as you can, and we'll pray for a miraculous leaping catch. Hey, Waldo, feel free to mix in a crossing route, well-designed screen, or anything else that doesn't take three years to develop. Hey, Rick, you don't even need to call today with that take. It applies to last night. So right now, the Dolphins, plus 135 to win the East. Buffalo plus 145 to win the East. Let me ask you Jets fans something. Do you think Carson Wentz? Because that's the best available player out there right now. Best available player. Notice what I said. Do you think he's an upgrade over the Coog Hunter? Robert Saul was not saying that much last night. Now, we've heard him flip before on the quarterback. And it was last night, and they were right in it. How do you think that Carson Wentz, who's played on three teams in three years, still has that big arm? That's about it. How do you think he would fit in that locker room? How do you think he would fit within all of that? Would he give you a better chance to win than Zach Wilson? Listen, I'm not here to hype the Coug Hunter. I'm not sure I would do that. The Coug Hunter's in the system. He knows his teammates. They know him. The coach brought him in along with Joe Douglas. I don't know that I'd be bringing Carson Wentz around there. I, I just don't think that's worth the risk, personally. What's he got to bring to it other than a big arm and a lot of baggage? And a lot of teams that have given up on him and had nothing to say, nothing positive to say about him once they did give up on him. Then you got some chaos, right? Where do you come out? I've got Pete Warner coming up at 1040. I want to hear from you Jets fans. Hey, I'm here. I'm here to listen. 
I'm here to help you process this. What was it like last night to see your guy go down, to see your team keep fighting and battling and grinding, and then rip that win in overtime, and then you have the highest of highs, only to remember, oh, that's right, we lost our franchise quarterback, and probably for the entire year. And now what? Now what do we do? Jets fan, I'm here for you. U.S. Cellular knows how important your kid's relationship with technology is, and they have made it their mission to help them establish good digital habits early on. That's why they have partnered with Screen Sanity, a nonprofit dedicated to helping kids navigate the digital landscape. And for a smarter start to the school year, U.S. Cellular is also offering a free basic phone on new eligible lines, providing an alternative to a smartphone for kids. Start smarter with U.S. Cellular. Visit uscellular.com slash built for us to find out more. Restrictions to apply. Visit uscellular.com for terms. Arkansas, Adrian. Nice to have you on the show. Adrian, how are you? I'm doing all right. How are you doing? Great, dude. What's up? Good. Good. I, I guess my biggest issue that I have with trying to just put down the Jets, I guess, immediately right off the bat is we still have a good defense, top five defense. Um, we brought in Dalvin Cook. I think the Jets are going to try and lean way more into the, you know. Um, I just don't see them just completely falling off the off the wheels, you know. Well, here's my thought. What I'm trying to say, Adrian, and what I did actually say was, thanks for the phone call, Mike in Hartford. Rolling telephone calls. It feels good. Hey, Mike, how are you? Hey, Jim. You know what? I'm so laughing so hard these Jets fans. The season's over. Ba, 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 ba. Listen, it's football. Injuries happen. You never want to see it. But you got to man up. The next man up, too. Uh, Jets fans, it's season's not over. You're 1-0. Keep going. But otherwise, also, Jim, you talk about not being sad across the country. I'm a Patriots fan. Let's go. AFC East, wide open. Us Dolphins. We're not shedding any tears. Bill Belichick's not wasting it. Not feeling bad at all for the New York Jets. Let's go. Man up. We're off. 2023, off and running. Thank you. That boy, Mike. Let's go. It's a Patriot fan saying, all right, it's a good day. Let's go. Let's go. 2023, let's go. They lost their Hall of Fame quarterback. Let's go. The AFC East is wide open. A-Rod's gone. Let's go. Let's go to San Francisco, Patrick. In San Francisco, Patrick, it's good to have you. What's up? Hey, what's going on, Rome? First time, long time. Thank you. What's um, up? Basically, I'm a Bills fan. I never thought I would call. And this is awesome because I'm so fired up in the wrong way. I'm a rare Bills fan with no ties to Western New York. But after the game, uh, my family would not talk to me. They knew what was going on. I was seeing double, triple. I was seeing red. And one of them tried to talk to me. I said, knock it off. And then twice I could have accepted this poor play by Poyer and Allen. And I'm starting to side with Diggs. I didn't think I was going to side with Diggs. I was siding with Allen. He's playing like a rookie. I'm saying Allen's playing like a rookie. I've lost hope in 17. He's making commercials. He's doing girlfriend breakups. I'm running through my dining room table. That's how I know they came up with this. This is crazy. I'm about to get a slum buster, but I can't get the uncles away from the ants. I can't figure it out. Some people just can't handle success. I'm out. My man, you are upset. <laughs> that dude is all over the place. Let's go to Sonoma. Ruben in Sonoma. 
Good to have you, Ruben. How are you? I'm doing well there. Well, good morning to you. Good morning to you. Man, um, I, as a Cowboys fan, I know how the Jets fans feel. <laughs> uh, Tony Romo, when he had that broken collarbone, then Dak Prescott came in and put this team to the playoffs. Um, so I get it. Um, both teams last night played very well defensively. They did. Special teams made plays. But let's be real. Four turnovers. Are you kidding me? That inexcusable. Sorry. Uh, hey, Ruben, no. my brother. Excuse like me. I don't like that call. Sorry. Not a very good You just call. got run. I didn't quite get with the analogy either. You're a Cowboy fan. Romo got hurt. And then Dak Prescott came on. Right. Dak Prescott. A face of the franchise. Not only a face of the franchise, but a face of the franchise with a star on his helmet. An elite quarterback, right? He's not the Coug Hunter. What do you mean you identify with them? The Coug Hunter lost his job a couple of times. Tommy in Green Bay, you are first up. Tommy, what's going on? How are you? What a do, Romy. Thanks for the vine, man. You too. Um... Talk about the highs and lows. Sunday was pretty awesome around here, and then Monday rolls around. And, you know, to be honest, it seemed everybody around here was jacked to watch our guy because he's still our guy. We saw all the things that happened and know about the offseason, but for it to happen like it did and for that way to happen like it did, you know, in 2013 and 2017, we lost him to a collarbone. And in some ways, somehow, last night almost felt like the worst just because of so quick and it seems so like you know the, the fall just didn't seem like anything and to have that gut punch to that guy it's uh no one's no one's really uh, happy around here it's just kind of a dark day for football dark day for Rodgers and he's one tough SOB I think if anybody can get back he can but uh yeah it's just it's a sad day for football Romy yeah I appreciate that Tommy well said very well said I, I wish I could say that I believe you when you say that everybody around here is pretty sad because I don't think that everybody around there, and listen, I'm not going to call you half fam, but I do have Wisconsin ties now. You know this. I am a resident of Wisconsin. Some of you, I hate to say this. I'm going to put this the best way I can. Let's just say some of you are not broken up about this. I know it for a fact. I saw football is back in full swing with another week of epic games. And who's got you covered on the action for every single one of them? DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks on football and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Nobody is missing out on the action this season. All DraftKings customers can take advantage of two new offers every game this September. So get in on the NFL Week 2 action with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app right now. Use the code Rome R O M E to sign up. New customers can bet just five bucks and take home two hundred instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with the code R O M E Rome. The crown is yours. You do have to be present in a state where it's lawful to wager. Gambling problem? Call one eight hundred Gambler or visit www one eight hundred Gambler net. In New York, call eight seven seven eight Hope N Y or text Hope N Y four six seven three six nine. In Connecticut, help is available for problem. 
problem gambling, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, 21 plus age, varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. cdkng.co slash football for eligibility. Terms and responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions to apply. Pete Warner. Pete, great to have you on the show. Thanks for joining us. How you doing, Pete? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on. It's good to have you on, Pete. Thanks so much. Listen, obviously, I've got plenty to talk to you about regarding you and the team, but I'd be remiss if, as a member of the NFL fraternity, I didn't at least ask you about last night's game, the Jets and the Bills. Given all the hype, given all the energy, given all the interest, what was your reaction to seeing Aaron Rodgers go down only four snaps into his tenure with the Jets? I mean, it was awful. It was sad. I was seeing that game, and obviously I've played with a few guys on the Jets team. And you never want to see something like that happen. I mean, the buildup of the Jets and and taking this guy on and giving him a chance and to see something like that happen, four snaps into it, it's tough. But the fact that they came out and won that game, I think that shows a lot for this Jets team. I know that uh, Robert Sala has done a lot, especially preaching the, the, the work ethic and toughness. And and you can see it. Um, so I'm, I'm wishing them all the best. But... Uh, that's something you never want to see. Hey, Peter, I appreciate your thoughts on that. Thanks so much. So your defense had a really big day against the Titans, limiting them to 285 total yards. You held Derrick Henry to only 63 yards rushing. How pleased were you with the effort overall by the defense? And what were your biggest takeaways from Sunday? I think it's a great start. Uh, obviously, when you're playing against a big physical running back like that, you want to limit them as much as you can. The offense, Tennessee's offense, uh, everything is driven through that player. So to be able to handle him and limit him to what he's capable of doing is is obviously the big key. And, and I think that eventually what led to the outcome of that game. Our red zone uh, defense was incredible. Not having them score a touchdown and having them kick five field goals was huge. I credit the secondary having the three interceptions and also our special teams as well. Uh, with getting a pump block was was massive. Um, so I'm just um, proud of this team. Uh, obviously, our focus is there. So we're just ready to uh, get a win next week. Talking Saints football. So, Pete, I mentioned your numbers off the top. I thought you put up some really big numbers last year despite being limited to 12 games due to an ankle injury. You also had that hamstring issue during your rookie season. So how good does it feel to be fully healthy starting this year? And then what kind of individual goals have you set for yourself? feels great. Uh, I remember last year only having five camp practices and all of a sudden going into the first week in Atlanta. And man, I was sore, but I've had uh, a lot of camp practices and obviously my body's feeling great and uh, feeling feeling very, very good going into the second game of my third season. Um, as far as goals, it's more of a team mindset. Obviously, uh, no playoffs the past two years and the years I've been here with the Saints. So that is the big time goal is making the playoffs and eventually Making a making a run and and going to the Super Bowl. Well, obviously you've got some changes this year. You've got a new quarterback in Derek Carr. You know, listen, most other than the head coach, most teams obviously are going to take their cue from their starting quarterback. I've always appreciated Derek Carr's level of passion and how emotionally invested he is wherever he is. How quickly did those qualities become apparent to you at the facility once he signed as a free agent? Right away, right away. My first interaction with with Derek was was all about uh, emotion and passion, 
talked about the game that we played against him last year. And uh, we had a we had a big game against them when he was with the Raiders and he wasn't so happy. So our first interaction was it was pretty funny. But um, you can tell his passion and energy is translated onto the field. Um, he's he's done such a great job of leading this team, uh, being one of the best uh, vocal leaders I've ever been around. Uh, so having that passion and energy is is translating well, and I think it's affecting a lot of players on our team. Pete Warner joining us. When you talk about leaders, what about the fact that you play alongside a really well-respected vet in Pro Bowler, Demario Davis? He's posted six straight 100-tackle seasons. I'm curious, how much as a young player, you're still relatively young player, how much have you learned on the practice field and in the linebacker room from somebody who's still playing at a really high level at age 34? It's impressive to watch a guy like Demario Davis. I mean, I'm so fortunate to be drafted to a team with a veteran like that that I can learn from. He is uh, he is the standard, and he is what the Saints player should should be like here, and especially as a linebacker. So I'm so thankful to be able to learn and be right next to him, beside him, um, so I can go out and make plays right right along with him. Um, but he, he's the best, I think, to, to do it. Um, and obviously, it's just an honor to be right there with him, uh, to, to be in the presence of greatness. Hey, Pete, I'm on the outside looking in, of course, but it seems to me your locker room is amazing. Like, I say that in the sense that I try not to play favorites. I want to be really objective, but I would be lying if I didn't have some favorites. And you play with some guys that I think are incredible. I love Tyron Matthew. I love Jamal Williams. How can you not love Jameis and his vibe? What is the energy like inside that locker room with some of the league's biggest personalities? We've got a lot of vocal leaders on this team, a lot of vocal guys, and uh, a mix of personalities, that's for sure. Um, but it's awesome. I mean, you're just in, in, in the presence of all of it. You get to be able to take it all in. Um, we've, got a, we've got a lot of guys on this team that have such high influence, especially on young players like me and some of those rookies coming in. So we're just so happy to have all these guys, and, and I think it's just so good for our team. Pete, what about the return of Michael Thomas? He made that tremendous one-handed catch. You know what he means to that team on and off the field when he's right and he's good physically. Obviously, expectations are higher when he's around. What's it like to have him back, and how does he look to you? That play was massive, and it, it set the tone for the game, uh, talking about a great catch. But uh, I love Michael Thomas. He's a, he's a great guy, works so, so hard. And he leads by example. And he's a guy that, you know, I want to go go out there and play hard just because I got a guy like that on the other side, knowing that he's going to do it for me. Um, so I, he's also a, a former Buckeye as well. So we we go back with that. So um, love it. Love Michael Thomas. And obviously, I'm very excited for what he's going to do this year. So before you go, what's it like to be a member of that Buckeye family? And then how do you feel about the team this year? It's it's a great feeling. I mean, you're talking about a team that that gets a lot of wins. So um, I love being a part of the family. I love uh, Columbus um, being a part of that great organization. I've learned uh, a lot from those guys, and obviously, what the importance of work ethic is just being a part of that that university. Um, but you see a lot of Ohio State players uh, on this team as well. So I love that the Saints. Uh, they draft guys from Buckeye Nation, so that makes me feel really good. But we're two games in. Uh, we'll see how they do. I know that um, our defense is looking strong, so 
I'm a big fan of uh, the middle linebacker, Tommy Eikenberg there. So um, I think we got a great team. So we just got to keep building. All right, Pete, how about a quick thought? Monday night, you're going to take out the Panthers. It's a key divisional matchup. I know it's still earlier in the week, but I also know that you were in a meeting earlier today. What challenges are you expecting from Bryce Young, the first overall pick in the draft, who I thought showed some poise and composure in the pocket in his debut on Sunday? Yeah, so we know that Bryce, is, he's obviously got that big play ability. we got to limit him and keep him in the pocket. We know he's going to be able to – Utilize his legs very well, um, but he's got a good arm and he's he's kept his composure in the pocket and has really shown to be calm and kept his poise uh, throughout week one and, and throughout the preseason. Obviously, know he's a great player and he's going to be able to uh, show some things and we just got to limit that. Um, obviously, very, very good player, uh, but we know that it's going to be a tough matchup and we just got to limit him. Hey, Pete, that's a really nice conversation. I appreciate you breaking free. I know you had that meeting earlier, and you doubled back, and you made it on the program. Thank you so much for doing that. Appreciate you. Appreciate the conversation, Pete. Have a great day. Thank you. Of course. Thank you so much. Appreciate you having me. Discover credit cards do something pretty awesome. At the end of your first year, they automatically double all the cash back you've earned. That's right. Everything you have earned doubled. All the cash back from eating at your favorite restaurant doubled. All the cash back from that trip where you sort of learned to snowboard also doubled. And the best part, you don't have to do anything ridiculous to get it. Discover does it automatically. Seriously, though. See terms and check it out for yourself at discover.com slash match. In Berkeley, Andrea, good to have you. How are you? Good, Tim. How are you doing? Super. What's up? Yeah, um, actually, I was, um, I'm was i a sports astrologer, and I was looking at Aaron Rodgers' astrology chart, and um, I actually wrote an article for The Athletic on it, and he's having his midlife crisis, and, uh, you know, he's a free-spirited Sagittarius, December 2nd, 1983, but I wanted to mention Mercury being retrograde, Jim. I don't know if you ever heard of that. Sure. Yeah, share. Uh, this, this uh, cycle is August 23rd to September 15th, and more injuries can occur at that time. I remember Madison Bumgarner had an injury on his dirt bike. We had Steph Curry have a couple of injuries. So more injuries can occur during Mercury retrograde time. So I just wanted to mention that. But, uh, you know, for the most part, Aaron Rodgers, December 2nd, 1983, Chico, California, uh, 2.50 p.m., I actually have his birth time. Uh, not a surprise. He's very interested in astrology. And, uh, you know, he's just very open-minded, being a Sagittarius and innovative, unorthodox, so the darkness retreats, the ayahuasca journeys. So, you know, he's certainly got that Sagittarius free spirit energy about so, him. So, Andrew, let me ask you something. Do you think that because of what you're saying, it made it more likely that he would get hurt last night, or is it the reason he got hurt last night? Well, I think it can be um, a little of both, Jim, because when Mercury retrogrades, that can be a little more vulnerable time. And looking at his chart, um, he has uh, Uranus opposing his moon, which is expect the unexpected. And I looked at the Jets chart when the Jets were incorporated, Jim, August 14, 1959, 9.50 a.m., and they have Uranus squaring their sun, which is expect the unexpected. 
So it's sort of all over that it was, you know, this. But 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 Aaron had Uranus opposing the moon, correct? Right. Uranus opposing his moon, That's which is thought. an emo- emotional um, ups and downs, expecting unexpected, a bit of a roller coaster there. So what, what are the, uh, what are the charts, is, Andrew? What do the charts say about Zach Wilson? Uh, December, January. So that is a cycle of a little more um, energy and success. So we'll see. Maybe he'll just be kind of informally coaching, you know, the Jets on the sidelines. But he's a four-time NFL MVP. So, you know, he's, he's got a lot of uh, positive go-getter energy behind him. I know he's not going to take this kind of no, lying no, down. No, 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 no. You know that, right, Andrew? I mean, you made – thank you, Andrea, first of all. Thank you very much. That's different. I think that's the first time, unless maybe you had slipped through before and we had a conversation that I did not recall. I think that's the first time we've had a sports astrologist on the show. And can I tell you, she was way more interesting than most of you clones, even though I had almost no idea what she was talking about. I wonder what the charts say about can't hack it. Better yet, I wonder what the charts say about you clones. I don't need her to tell me what the stars and the charts and Uranus say about you clones. I already know. You say Uranus, I say Uranus. Let's go to Brian in Harrisburg. Good to have you, Brian. What's up? Hey, Jim. How are you? First time, long time. Right on. I appreciate that. How are you? Good, good. Hey, I was just uh, wanted to comment real quick on what you were just saying. I'm a huge Bills fan, and uh, I agree. The NFL is much better with him playing. Um, the only thing I would say about that is it's nice to get the hype quieted down. <laughs> like I, um, you know, everything in the off season, like, you know, they won the off season as they say. So it's nice to have that quieted down, but I do agree. It's not, that's not the right way to do it. If if you're happy about it. Well, yeah, that will quiet the hype down. That That's for sure. I, I didn't have a problem with the hype. It, it made, it made my bad. It made the NFL more interesting. Did it not? Did that not make the league more interesting? Did that not give you a real... Good night, 